I just want to let you know that I have another couple of workshops coming up and back by popular demand, I am repeating my boost your immune system workshops because there is never a better time than to boost your immune system than right now. This workshop is a 90 minute workshop that will be interactive and will teach you five habits that you may have that are unknowingly weakening your immune system right now. And that might be helpful to know, right? Because when you know you do better and you can start to change those habits, as well as I will be teaching you some great tools and steps that you can take to further boost your immune system, including a very simple supplement protocol that you can follow and easily implement right away. So I will put the link to register for these workshops. They're absolutely free. Invite your friends and family. I will put that link in the show notes. So please check that out at the end of the episode. Thank you so much. And I look forward to having you join the workshop. Imagine getting up every day full of energy as if you were in your 20s again. What would that be like? What would that be worth to you? What is your health worth to you? Think about it. Your health isn't everything, but without it, everything else is nothing. And yet too many of us are taking it for granted until something goes wrong. No one wakes up hoping to be diagnosed with a disease or chronic illness. And yet we've never been taught how to be proactive in our health through our school system or public health. As a registered health coach and integrative health practitioner, I believe it is time this information is made available to everyone. Combining new knowledge around your health and the ability to do my functional medicine lab tests in the comfort of your own home will allow you to optimize your health for today and all your tomorrows. Don't wait for your wake up call. Welcome back to the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I am Melissa Dealey, your host, and so happy you are joining us here today. Today, I have another wonderful guest with me, Luz Capania. Welcome, Luz. So wonderful to have you. Thank you so much for having me, Melissa. I'm excited to have you. And this, where this podcast is coming out in February, the month of love, and it's so perfect to have you here talking on that topic. So just to introduce you a little bit, Luz is a leadership and life coach based in Vancouver, BC. She is available to coach clients from anywhere via Zoom in English or French. With a background in business management, Luz has been coaching teams for over two decades. She joined the Coactive Institute in 2020, eager to gain additional skills and enable her teams to access their full potential. Gradually, her focus shifted toward individual coaching, and she launched her own practice in the spring of 2021. As a coach, Luz brings the latest tools along with a blend of emotional intelligences, insight, and life experience to build a unique partnership with each client. So that's a little bit of an introduction to Luz, but Luz, I really want you to share who you are and how you came to be in this line of work. Well, um, so I've been a, a business manager in the field of retail for about 20 years. Uh, so I work with people a lot. So leadership is my jam. I work with people. I'm a connector. I'm a connector and I'm a teacher. 
and and I and I just love to connect with people. And then with time, um, you know, coming through, um, you know, challenges in leadership, I got to to get really curious about how people work, what makes them tick. Uh, and then, you know, started reading books and doing seminars and different things. And I got increasingly more curious and wanting to get additional skills. And that's where coaching found me or I found coaching. And that's how things have shifted. And I think that makes me a much better, better leader as well. Absolutely. And so there is always that bit of a journey that gets us to where we are, right? And it's also a never ending journey where you're at today is going to be different another year from now, right? And when we're open, open to that learning, then we continue to grow. So I love that. And just on that note, do you have a specific niche in your coaching that you focus on? Yeah, I tend so far in my practice, I tend to coach people uh, in midlife or in transitions of sort. And they're always clients that want to get curious about their own process, their internal landscape. Often they don't they don't have much knowledge of that. They're not they haven't been very conscious and they're curious about why they keep uh, repeating experiences or how they're reacting. They just want to get curious and they want to have somebody on the journey. There's always a leadership lens. So whether they're organizational leaders that want to have a better connection with their team or a better connection to themselves on their personal journey, we apply that leadership lens to to where they want to go. Find out where they want to go, what the vision is, and, and set goals to go there. That's what we do. I love that. And that is really powerful. And you make a good point there that sometimes people just aren't aware of their internal landscape, right? And I know I've experienced that myself when I look back and when I was in the corporate world, you know, I was just busy doing my job. I loved my job, um, but I was busy doing my job. And because I loved it and I was happy, I didn't, you know, look inside. I didn't at the time have a need. I didn't have the conscious thought. I didn't think about it, you know, what's going on inside of me and can I be a better person, et cetera, et cetera, by, you know, figuring myself out and who I am and what I'm supposed to be doing on this earth, right? And, and, it, and it, yes, I was just going to say, it's very often when we come to a crossroads Precisely. that we start to figure that out. And for me, it was, you know, being let go after 24 years in the corporate world. And what was also really interesting was in that time of now starting to you know grow myself and look at my internal landscape i love that term that you've used mm-hmm. i looked back and i realized that i naturally had it as a younger child yeah you know i lost my father at 13 and when i look mm-hmm. back at going through that whole period i realized that i had access to my internal self at that time And getting into the corporate world, I think that go, 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 do, 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 get more done philosophy or culture just pushed it out of me. Like I didn't have time anymore. And I think that's that's also where many people end up, right? Yeah. And like you said, it takes that, that crossroad. And that's why usually people are in some sort of transition. It could be the end of a relationship or that's this sort of pandemic malaise that is so prevalent right now or career transition and, and people in midlife can relate to, to, you know, what my path has been. And and then we get to talk about midlife awakenings together. (laughs) Yeah. And the, and there's so many different 
stages of those awakenings through midlife, oh, yeah. right? Oh, one, yeah. of, one of them that I'm very aware of where women need help is that empty nester, right? They've looked mm-hmm. after their children for so long and now the children have flown the coop. And it's like, now what do I do? Who am I? Right. Yeah. right? And I have to say that I'm very grateful for my journey over the last seven years because it's allowed me to develop into who I am today with this business, helping people get to the root cause of their health issue, while my children have also become adults and been away at university. And so I'm not in that place of who am I, but I might have been, right? And then, so, you know, helping people through those transitions is really, really important. So as I said earlier, this episode is coming out in the month of February, the month of love. And I would love you to talk about what is self-love? Oh, where to begin? <laughs> yes, I know. But in February, we often think about romantic love. But let's also talk about self-love because... Well, yeah. And let's name that in order to attract and maintain love with others, it starts with ourselves. Yes. The relationship we have with ourselves is the template for the way that we see the world and the way we interact with the world. So um, self-love, I'm trying to be concise. Um, Self-love would have to be the regard that you have towards yourself. Is it a high regard, poor regard? From that stems self-esteem, probably self-confidence, self-worth, you know, the ability to have compassion and kindness towards yourself. Those are all embedded under that Mm self-love piece. Mm-hmm. Um, self-love is not about liking the, necessarily the way you look. It's about how do I treat myself? Anyway, there's a lot there, but it informs the way you view the world. Is the world out to get you? Right. Are you always the last to, to, to get noticed or like, you know, you're you you- always the victim or. Right. That's right. Or do you even deserve love? Or do you push it away before you even get it? Anyway, there's a lot of behavioral <laughs> things that stem from that, but it's our template. It's the relationship with ourselves. Yeah, ourselves. And so how do we how do we develop it? If we're listening to this podcast and we're thinking, eh, maybe I don't really have a lot of self-love for myself, how does one develop that? Well, we have to get curious. First of all, I would say, as the leader that I am, we have to assess what's there. What is our self-love capital right now? What's it at? You know, think of a bank account. How much do I have there of self-love? Because if I don't have very much, I'm going to have behaviors that look for that self-love externally. So being able to assess our capital of self-love is the first step, in my opinion. Again, I'm not a researcher. I'm not a psychologist, but that has been on my path, learning to uh, live, you know, with a self-love deficit and noticing the behaviors attached to that right. and then choosing again, uh, from a conscious place. So get curious about the way you treat yourself, the way you let yourself talk about yourself, you know, mm-hmm. like this inner dialogue, this inner critique. You know, my that- audience has heard if, if they've listened to my podcast since the beginning, they've heard me talk about that a lot. Oh, it's right. It's, I am my own worst critic. Right. And our mind can be our best friend when it's keeping us safe from stepping in front of a bus, but our worst enemy when it's critiquing ourselves, right? That's right. 
So just getting curious uh, and just noticing how we treat ourselves. Do we feed ourselves properly? That's right mm -hmm. up our alley, right? Mm -hmm. If I loved myself, ask the question. That's how I would assess. Um, if I loved myself truly, deeply, supported myself, would I allow myself to speak to, to, to myself like that? Or would I... Um, stay up until three in the morning when I work in the morning, you know, watching TV, would I treat myself like this if I really loved and supported myself and accepted myself for who I am, flaws and all. Um, and that is usually, that's, that's why working with a coach helps because somebody can pick right through our stories. Um, but, but yeah, we have to get curious because there are telltale signs. Um, yes. And I agree that working with a coach is so important because they're seeing, they have an unbiased view from the outside. You're so used to the way you live, the actions you take, and you've already justified all of them to yourself. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, for sure. And so it's very hard to do this alone. Yeah. And it will take a lot longer. So I definitely recommend if there's, you know, somebody listening and going, maybe my self-capital sounds a little bit low because I'm not getting to bed on time and I'm not feeding myself properly and just really not looking after myself. I highly recommend working with a coach because that's going to be the quickest point for you to find that place of self-love with far less struggle than trying to do it all on your own. And I want to name that living with a self-love deficit mm -hmm. um, is really painful. It really mm -hmm. is painful and it changes the way that we see ourselves in the world. So are we going to bet on ourselves? Can I trust myself? Um, can I, can, do I feel worthy of having a fulfilling relationship? What is that? It's for the, for the YouTube viewers. I have a little disc here that says, I bet on me. And this is actually from my business coach, because I believe that all coaches need coaches too. Yeah. Oh yeah, so, we do. As you said, do I bet on myself? Right. Think, yeah. Those, I mean, I could, I could give you 10 examples right now, but the way that we live ourselves is really indicative of what we think deep down about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, and how do we cope with a chronic lack of self-love and self-worth is, um, I would say, probably two main directions. We can either wear a mask <laughs> and not be vulnerable, just pretend right. that everything's okay and just plow through the crowd as if we're confident and assured and just kind of hide this deep shame. Mm -hmm. um, or, or we can rely on other people and external validation you know, performance at work, um, getting love from other people, getting notice and all this validation piece. Looking for um, attention. From, and Well, yeah, external pursuits, uh, whether it's in the doing or in the being, we rely on external sources to give us that because we don't have it. And that right. leads to control issues because if we constantly have to manage our external circumstances to make sure that our need for love and belonging is met, that's, it, that's a full-time job. And then when we don't have it, we get super anxious because we have this deficit, this void that we can feel when we pay en enough attention. And ultimately, that can lead to addiction as well, addictive behaviors, um, to numb that feeling yes. of, of unease, deep mm -hmm. unease. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so often we do squash those emotions down and yeah. then get buried, right? That's and right. 
that's a little bit of a societal thing. So again, oh, yeah. if you're listening and you're going, oh my goodness, this is me, it's it's not your fault. Mm-mm. How many times ha- as a young child were you told, you know, stop crying, you know, mm-hmm. big girls don't cry or boys don't cry or whatever it was, right? When that emotional release was happening. And so you learned that releasing your emotion was bad. And yeah. you learned that you had to suck it up and keep it all inside. But yeah. You know, with all that we know today, we know how detrimental that is to our emotional and our physical health. You know, I work with people with detoxing and when they're detoxing, very often those emotions start to come out and I say, let it out. It wants to come out. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's not your fault if you're sitting here resonating with this podcast. It's but what's great is now that you have this information what do you choose to do in terms of taking action, right? That's right. So I love that you were talking about self-love capital and that um, assessment for it that you do. Talk to me about then committing to self-love mm-hmm. and you know maintaining that capital once you've built it. It's a daily practice, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> it's a daily, in my experience anyway, mm-hmm. it's a daily practice mm-hmm. because if our original programming or if our default default programming is towards self-loathing and not really thinking too highly of ourselves, that's, that's, that's a default mode. So then committing and, and to answer your previous question, how do we get more of it? Um, in my experience, mood follows action. Those are not my words. I picked that out there in the, there's just so much about self-love out there. So I don't pretend I have all the answers, but what works for me is mood follows action. In which way am I going to show up for myself today? And that starts when I wake up in the morning and I have a check-in with myself. I have a vision for the day, what I'm hoping to get out of today, what sort of energy I'm in and being respectful of that. Not pretend that the discomfort and the anxiety doesn't exist. Just say, yeah, you're anxious. You're going to be speaking on a podcast and you really want to do well. Well, we're going to acknowledge that, you know, like just having some kindness um, and just showing up in actions um, that are, that are healthy. So just being really intentional about showing up for yourself, whatever that means for you, but self-care is a big one. How Mm -hmm. do you treat yourself, your health, your body, your relationships, people you care about. How do you want to be a good human? Is that important to you? Then go do more of that. Have some pride for for what you do in your life. You know, those life-affirming things that we do, that is an investment into your self-love capital. Because every time you do something that's in alignment, you get a reward out of it. And that builds a positive cycle of doing more of, of what fuels you. But for that, we have to have a contact with, again, our emotional or internal landscape. But when we hit those, those things, like, I'm really proud of that. I, whatever the action is, we want to do more of it. And we start feeling better about ourselves and having agency and, and confidence that we can do what, good things or we can look after ourselves or we can make positive choices. But it, it, initially, I think it requires an effort. If you've been um, going to take an example in, in a downward spiral of anxiety, mm-hmm. moving out of, of that state of anxiety is hard. It's going to take an effort. So I have to remind myself personally, mood follows action. 
I want to feel engaged and dynamic today. Well, I'm going to go for a walk. And that is an effort or whatever, call a friend or whatever that might be for you. Um, but then creating these things that are going to make you feel proud and engaged. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are all really, you know, wonderful points. And again, my audience has heard me say this a million times, but self-care is the most selfless act because it allows you to show up and give the world the best of you instead of what's left of you. Yeah. But to your point, it isn't always easy and maybe the mood isn't suggesting that you should be doing that. You're just feeling really lazy and like doing nothing. But if you will step into the action, you can actually then move your mood into a higher energy level and feel better, right? And nobody can do that for you. You have to choose to do it for yourself. Yeah, we have to take responsibility for our well-being. And I understand, especially with mental health right now, I see a lot of that still two years into this pandemic, this sort of malaise that people have been stuck in a rut and they're not getting this external stimulation that they used to get. And then some people are very, I've been really uncomfortable with themselves. Um, and I can see that that creates a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression. And once that is kicked in into, into um, once that's playing out, it's really difficult. All we see is the roadblock. Mm -hmm. But we have, in order to generate this initial movement, we have to be able to look beyond the roadblock. You know, what would that look like? What would that give me? How good is that going to make me feel? Can I invest this initial time to get ready or whatever, step into action? It's uncomfortable if you don't want to. Um, but what is that going to give me? And you, you have to invest into your future self, just like. My example earlier, you can stay and numb yourself out, watch it Netflix until 3 a.m., but what is that doing to your future self in the morning when you have to be at work? You're not setting up your future self for, for succeeding. So going to bed a little bit earlier might be a good way to set up your future self or to do meal prep. If making lunches is, is, is a drag for you, doing meal prep is an investment in, into your future self. And this, you know, seemingly very mundane things, they actually add up. They absolutely do add up. And when you <clears throat> take the time to put these steps into place, then you're getting that reward you were talking about earlier of accomplishment and also just of feeling good about yourself, right? That's right. And That's then that right. motivates you to keep going. And you may fall off along the way, right? It could be two steps forward, one step back. But as long as you keep going forward, even after the step back, you're further ahead than if you do nothing. And let's right. face it, if you're that person that's in malaise and lying on the couch watching Netflix, you're not happy with your life and you're not, you know, you're not feeling self-love for yourself. Well, if you choose to do nothing, nothing changes. And that's where you'll be a year from now. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> that's right. making a choice to step into, even if I don't love myself today, I'm going to learn how to love myself by taking these steps that starts you moving forward. That raises your energy. Absolutely. And, and that's powerful because right there you can start to get some feedback. 
And I think another piece in all of this that's really important is the increased awareness you start to have Mm -hmm. around how you're feeling in any given moment. Again, so often in that busy go, 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 do, do, do world, we're not even stepping in, stopping to check in with ourselves. And so we don't have a true awareness of how we're feeling in any given moment. But when we slow down and we do these little check-ins, that's when we can start to go, oh, I've got this going on inside of me, or, you know, I'm waking up feeling a little bit anxious and that's okay. It's because I want to do well. It's here. It's, it's, you know, my brain wanting me to do well. I'm going to acknowledge it and keep going with my day as opposed to letting it cripple me. Yes. Well, again, and that ties it into having a growth mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the self-forgiveness, again, that's a byproduct of self, you know, self-love. You have to love yourself enough to forgive yourself. If, if, If you, if you stutter in front of a crowd or if you, whatever it might be, can we forgive even having thoughts or having anxiety? Can I forgive myself for having this anxiety, this performance anxiety? And can I be okay with not being perfect? And, you know, and, and just, can I be okay that I'm not there yet, that I want to love myself and I really don't today? Yeah, I can be okay with that. That is a sign of self-love. It's a little tiny dose of it. But yeah, to, 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 to be real, that some days you're not going to love yourself very much. And it's okay. There's going to be ebbs and flow. But every time you uh, accept yourself anyway, that is a little drop of self-love in, in your capital. If you're enjoying my content and someone that wants to step into being proactive in your health and learning more, I would love to invite you to join my membership community. There's a link in the show notes for only $19.99 a month. You get access to all of my content and there is a lot as well as weekly calls that you can come and get your health questions answered. It's truly priceless. I'd love to see you join the community. Check out the link in the show notes. I love that. And I also like what you said there about accepting yourself as not being perfect. I always tell my clients, we're humans. Humans Mm -hmm. just aren't perfect, right? So in Mm -hmm. trying to strive for the impossible, how, how can you do that when no one else has been perfect before, right? So we can strive to do our best, but recognize that we don't have to get stuck on being perfect. Because done is better than perfect. And that was something that when I first heard that, that was a huge light bulb moment for me. (laughs) Oh, done is better than perfect. Okay. And, you know, just the other day I sent out an email and the link to one of the buttons didn't work. And somebody wrote and told me that. And I thought I tested all of them. Like I always send a test email. I swear I clicked on it and it worked, but it didn't work when it went out. And I could beat myself up over it, or I could be like, okay, thanks for letting me know. I want people to be able to, you know, click that button and it actually gets somewhere. So I just sent another email that said, oops, the link didn't work. And what's really funny about that is human nature. They always want to know what the oops was. So more people open the oops email than the original email, which means more people got the right link. (laughs) So maybe it was meant to happen that way. I can see that you have like a reasonable, reasonable amount of self-love anyway, like a good capital, somebody with, with a really, like a big deficit in their self-love that could have been super stressful for them. They could have really made, let that inner critic go into, 
I'm such a screw up. I can never get anything right. I'm never going to be able to have a coaching practice if I can't even send an email or whatever and just go into super harsh, you know, inner dialogue. Um, and that's that self-love piece that we have to be able to say, oh, that's disappointing. I really, I'm disappointed that I made that mistake. Uh, you know, even at the beginning of your mm -hmm. practice, mm -hmm. um, of your self-love practice to say, well, that's really disappointing, you know, like to, it's, it, to acknowledge the emotion, just say, yeah, I'm feeling a little bit of shame. Oh, what is that emotion? Okay, that's shame. Well, I accept you, shame, and I hope down the road, you're not being triggered by trivial things like that, but I will move forward and make and then, you know, I heard your growth mindset right there. Actually, there was a silver lining in there. I got more people to click it on the link. So, you know, um, but that is done with practice, you know, and at the beginning, even if it's just to forgive yourself for making a mistake and accepting yourself with, uh, you know, in my case, I would say being not really tech savvy or whatever it might be um, and accepting yourself anyway, that's, that's a good first step. Yeah. So I appreciate that. And it's definitely something I've worked on in the last seven years since I've been in the corporate world, because like I said, it was kind of beaten out of me. And then in my, you know, journey to where I'm at today, it's definitely been a focus of, you know, even learning self-care with selfless was a huge aha for me seven years ago. It's like, what? Yeah. So it, it is a journey. It takes time. Um, so let's just talk about the signs of healthy, healthy capital. So people, Oh, that. See, body posture changes, uh, healthy <laughs> capital, self-love. It breeds like ease and a better flow. Lack of self-love feels constricted. When you love yourself and you genuinely think you have a place in the world, you know, it just breeds some, some more lightness, ease, uh, authenticity. If you're not afraid of showing up with uh, mistakes or imperfections, you don't have to hide behind a mask. So then you're authentic. You can show up authentically with people. And in leadership, that makes any coaching and anything really, it makes a huge difference to be able to show authentically. Um, and so from that authenticity comes connection, way deeper connection, like genuine connection with people. So from that comes, you know, fulfillment, belonging. Um, and also when you give yourself the benefit of the doubt, again, it's that template idea that our relationship with ourself is our template. Um, when you give yourself the benefit of the doubt, like, you know, and, and just, um, uh, acknowledge effort and acknowledge participation, then you're more likely to, to do that to other people. Um, so then it makes relationship with people a lot smoother. We're not as reactive to people. We have more resilience into, oh, this person was really loud, or you get cut in traffic. It's like, oh, wow, they must have been, you know, they have places to go, but that's okay. It doesn't have to say that they're attacking me. I don't feel reactive towards that person because I love and support myself anyway. You know, that is not going to get me all riled up. Um, so we just become, I don't, more tolerant, um, yeah, more resilient overall and accepting of others. I love that because all of that then flows into just a place of coming from love. You've got your self-love. And so in that resilience and acceptance of others and is more love for others as well, right? Yeah, think about and the generosity and the kindness. Mm -hmm. 
you know, opening the doors to strangers. Like, I mean, it just, there's a, the ripple effect of somebody that is well and, and at ease with themselves. The ripple effect is massive. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. And so <clears throat> from a foundation of self-love, we then have what it takes to embrace your gifts. So let's talk more about that. Well, the, to appreciate your gift, well, you have you have to to know yourself first of all. You have <laughs> you have to know how you work. What are your gifts, and then to see to see the the, the good side of it, and to love yourself enough um, that you can see for what they are. Because sometimes you'll give a compliment to somebody. Oh, you're so good at public speaking, for example. That they're like, oh no. I just lucked out or, oh no, it's just because I had a good night's sleep. I'm not very that good. They don't even take it in, right? So they don't acknowledge their gifts by doing that. They just push it away. Getting compliments is- and it's, it's really interesting that you say that because that's something I'm working on right now is the act of receiving, right? Uh -huh. It was when I was growing up, my mother always said it's better to give than receive, right? Uh -huh. So I always thought giving was good and receiving was bad. Let's just face it, that young child, the yeah. way we process things, and then it goes into our subconscious. That's how I simplified it. Yeah. And so <clears throat> now as an adult, I'm actually having to learn to receive, right? Yes. And I mean, so many adults are in this situation, right? Yeah. That you fob off compliments and and so now it's a, a conscious thought that if someone compliments me that I'm just going to say, thank you. I don't have to compliment them back. This isn't a tit for tat thing going on, which is what I used to think before, right? And that I can just say, thank you. And depending who it is, I can say, thank you. I'm, I'm receiving that. Or in my head, I'm saying that because that too is a practice, right? It's our radical ownership. my habit. <laughs> <laughs> radical ownership take ownership yeah. for all that you are flaws and all but if you have talents have the enough love and kindness towards yourself to be able to realize that you you have a knack at something right so then when it's pointed out to you you can say yeah actually I really like public speaking oh I'm glad that you liked it or whatever you know but but you, you know some people absolutely have to brush it away yeah so tell me, I mean, this is a question that just came into mind that I'm going to throw out to you that yeah. um, tell me what your favorite part is about working with your clients in helping them develop their self-love. It's the discoveries that they have right there, you know, like, because we can be, I, because I get curious and I will ask questions and then they, they don't know, they'll tell me something, whatever they do. And then I'm like, ah, what's that about? Tell me more about that. And then they go and then they. Sometimes they surprise themselves like, oh, you know, and they just kind of connect the dots and I can right. see it. I'm like, what, what just happened there? There's a shift there. I saw a shift and they, they've been connecting the dots right there. I just love that. That's awesome. I love it. Oh. You just gave me goosebumps head to toe because that's the best kind of coaching, right? Is drawing that out of someone. Oh, yeah. What was oh, in yeah. there, but they just didn't know because they were stuck in their habit. Just like I was stuck in my habit of I should give, but not receive, right? Yeah, so. that's right. That's, that's the basis of, of coaching is that uh, the clients has the answer. We all have mm -hmm. our answers. It's within us, but it's buried mm -hmm. deep sometimes. And again, we have a lot of stories, like you said, at, at, the, at the beginning of the podcast about why we do things. And that has been a proven story over and over. And we don't question it. 
and a, and a coach will actually kind of just dismantle that just to get curious, just to see if there's something there. And often, yeah, the clients, but I, ju I just love to watch their face or their body posture. Like, you know, when, when they have that shift, energy shift, and, and then we get to, to, to name it. It's, that's pretty cool. I love that. So this is really, really powerful, deep work for people. And as we said earlier, working with a coach helps that be drawn out because it is buried so deeply. You don't, you're not even aware that it's there many times. So that's why you're seeing that surprise in people's faces, etc. So yeah. I, I love that that's the, your favorite part of the work is drawing that out because that's where the transformation happens. That shift happens, as you've said. Yeah. Because something gets unlocked, you know, and then we have access to it. Yeah, that's fantastic. And that might be just a starting point. And then there might still be more to be unlocked. There isn't necessarily just one thing that needs to be unlocked, but opening that door can then lead to more. It's a little bit like a Pandora's box, but it's really powerful in opening it and going through the process of seeing what else is there. Yeah. And that's why working with coaches, uh, and like I said, I have a coach, you do too. I mean, um, it's, it's fantastic because opening that Pandora's box, if we haven't done it in a long time or about a topic that we have not explored, it, it, it can be really jarring. Like it's mm -hmm. kind of scary. And then to have a framework and to, to working with a coach that's going to be there for you for three months, six months, whatever engagement you decide to go with, um, but then I also want to mention that the work is done between sessions. It's the client that actually yes. has to do the work between sessions. The session gets things moving, but the client does the work also between sessions and reports back in the next session. Absolutely. So that's a really great point. Do you want to just elaborate a little bit on what that work also looks like for our audience? Well, it, it depends for every, uh, for every client, but uh, based on, on what came up, I like to give homework personally, mm -hmm. because I, you know, I could explore with them for three hours. I mean, usually there's just a lot there. Um, so often based on the topic of the session, I said, okay. Uh, and, and sometimes I'll join links of podcasts that I've seen or books that I've read on the subject. Um, but let's say a client starts exploring their own reactivity and where that comes from. Well, I mean, we could talk about that for like how many months, you know, like it's a lifetime of experiences. Yes. Um, so then I might send them resources and then inquiries. Usually it's like question to, to, you know, like journaling prompts right. or whatever activity and noticing activity and it's, but it's processing essentially mm -hmm. it's, it's just going to be a way to process. Right. And to connect dots, keep connecting dots. Yes, yeah. Exactly. And it's so important, right? That's, that will result in faster progress for them if they do that work between the sessions. So much like a completely different level of awareness mm -hmm. for them. And that's, that's a gift that they give themselves. Yeah. Because then they can make choices in the moment. Next time that situation happened, then they can say, ah, default way. Um, blowing up and screaming at that person or inten intentional, my, you know, I want to be, okay, get curious, like, you know, whatever mm -hmm. the, the, their path will be, they can make a choice. They will catch themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love that. And I know in my own journey that I just have so much more awareness and catch myself, particularly yeah. when I'm talking to myself, right? Yeah. Like everyone else, half the time I was berating myself for yeah. what I didn't need to berate myself for, right? 
And then as I started to get that awareness, I could change the way that I talk to myself. And, you know, I encourage my clients to be talking to themselves as they would their best friend. If they talk to their best friend the way they talk to themselves, they probably wouldn't have a best friend, right? You have to be your own ally. That's the the whole taking responsibility and ownership for your life. You have to be your own ally. I mean, we all have this roommate here that is really kind of undesirable and we have to be able to either prove them wrong, a few different techniques for that with the saboteurs in our head, but we have to be able to have an ally somewhere in there that has our back. We have to be our own ally for sure. Absolutely. And this is such an important starting point, as you said at the beginning, because if you don't have that self-love for yourself, it's very hard for you to find the partner that is, you know, a, a good partner for you. Right. Right. It's also harder for you to be looking after your health because you're not, you're already not prioritizing yourself. You don't see the importance in looking after your health. And in this day and age, very often looking after your health proactively, which is what I'm a proponent of, it costs money, right? It's not about going to the doctor for free and getting your prescription and that's covered because that prescription very often is masking a symptom that results in another symptom that results in another prescription and you're not actually healing. That's right true healing where we get to the root cause that is costing money that requires an investment in yourself and to do that requires self-love it really does absolutely to yeah yeah you have to be able to uh, want to invest in yourself mm-hmm. and then that's where limiting beliefs such so as like oh yeah what, whatever like what's the point um, what's the point? Everybody is overweight in my family. I know by the time I'm 48, I'm going to be overweight. That's how we are. What's the point? You know, are, they're not going to try to get additional information or to try because they don't have that, that inner empowerment drive. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's not just relationships and, and in health, it's actually in all aspects of our life. It's in our finances. It's in our career. Oh, big the time. way we do one thing is the way we do everything. Yeah. Right? That's why I was talking about this template. It informs yes. the way we view the world mm-hmm. and the way that we take our place in the world as well. Absolutely. So yes, so, so key. I love that we've had this conversation today and that it's coming out in the, the month of love. And I hope that it's resonated with our listeners. But before we wrap up the podcast, I want to ask you the question that I ask all of my guests. And that is, what does don't wait for your wake up call mean to you? It means you don't have to wait. Don't wait until you get a really bad diagnosis or big health scare, scare or like um, mental health breakdown. Don't don't wait for, for something to break down. You can you can take action now. You can get curious now about optimizing your life or living the life that you want to live. Often, well, that's what I see in midlife. Or, you know, we wait until the big diagnosis and then you get people in, in, on their beds at the hospital. And it's like, I'm not living the life I wanted to. Well, you don't have to wait until there. You can get curious before that and you can change the path. It's not too late. Absolutely. It's true. It's never too late, right? It's not too late. Not anymore. That is not true. People think that changing career at 45, 50 or whatever, it's not too late. You can write your first book at 65, 70 years old. 
don't wait for your wake up calls. Yes. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. I actually just, I love the whole concept of life by design as well. And I just did a post on that today because Which I, I saw. Skiing. Yeah. I went skiing this morning. Yeah. You commented on it. I went skiing. So empowering. And why not? Right. And because I choose to design my life the way that I want it to be. And as you said, we can all do that. Yeah. But it absolutely starts with that place of self-love and self-worth so that we know that we can step out there and do it. Is it scary And when you get started? Sure. But everything is scary when you first start, right? Even riding a bicycle the first time was scary when you were three or four or five. That's, so, that's right. And what you, what you just said, we, we all can do it. I heard limiting beliefs in my head. So I'm sure everybody had little limiting beliefs. No, me, me is different. I can't because, and that's where, you know, working with somebody outside of ourselves to actually listen to those limiting beliefs, prove them wrong and actually make a plan like you did to actually actualize, you know, the, the life you want to live. Is, is a wonderful, that post was really inspiring. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. And so my last question for you is, is there, any, oh, actually, you know what, before we get to that, you have a gift for the audience. So please yes. share what your gift is. Yeah. So um, free consultation, uh, there's no strings attached. So if you want to, you know, find out what coaching is about or what my coaching style is about, uh, you can go on my website in the book now, little button top right. Well, plus you can read about me on the website and see if I would be a good fit for you because it is important for, for clients that are considering coaching to try a few different flavors. Just try all coaches. They have the initial consultation that's free, no strings attached. Get a taste for what coaching is. Decide if it's for you. Um, so that is a yeah, half an hour session um, free of to free and like I said no strings attached so give it a try and what's your website again and I'll put it in the show notes but you can say it now too it's my name so that's not the easiest luzcampagna.com <laughs> Uh, so yeah, look in the show notes. It's um, definitely in the show notes. So yeah, you can go but it's there. It's my name.com. So awesome. yeah. Well, that's that's wonderful. And I highly encourage people to go to your website and book. And I do agree that it's really important to have a good um, rapport with your coach. Mm -hmm. And you only know if you're going to have that by doing that initial call and checking out a few. And then from yeah. there, deciding which person do you feel that you most resonate with. Yeah. And there's no expectation. I want people to know that because often, you know, we're stuck in our beliefs that, oh, well, now if I start talking about that, then I'm going to feel obligated to pay that person. I mean, it's common practice in the business. We want mm -hmm. you to have a fit that works for your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. I do the same thing. It is very common practice, right? Yeah. How, how does somebody know if I can even help them if we haven't had an initial conversation to see if we can you know, work together and they may yeah. not be a good fit for me. And then I can refer them to someone else too, if they don't know anybody else that to. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you for offering that. And then, yeah, my last question is um, what would you like to leave the audience with to inspire them to take action on their self-love journey today? Give yourself that gift of ease and peace, internal peace with who you are, you know, like, you need to be okay and loving of who you are. We cannot just be our own enemy. So get curious, 
about what's there, who you are, who you want to be. Just get curious. I love that. What a great way to end. So thank you <laughs> so much for joining us here today, Luz. And thank you to the audience for joining as well. And uh, be sure to tune back in next week for another episode of Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. Thank you for investing this time with me on the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I'm so glad you joined in. If you can take two minutes to share this episode with someone you think can benefit and have a positive impact on their life, that would be wonderful. Please leave a review by going to your favorite podcast listening app and let me know what you enjoy or would like to hear more of. It will support me in my effort to bring the possibility of natural healing to a wider audience and help disrupt the sick care system we have today and make human health a global priority. Health is your true wealth.